Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kersner. Hello, beautiful people. You know what I like to say. There's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And our purpose for today is love. We're going to discuss love, the beginning of it. What is it? What's the foundational purposes of it? And what can we do and what can we look for if we're actually trying to find love or even just in our relationships, if we need to get back to that place of finding love in our relationships, what do we do? I have a co-host on me later, and I'm really excited about it. It's Dr. Carolina Gruyon. She's a good personal friend of mine, excellent clinical psychologist, and I'm interested for you to hear what she has to say about it as well. So I'm going to take a quick break, and we're going to get going. Thank you. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut, and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book, Path to Loving Yourself, by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingactscoach.org. And we're back. So, love. Let's talk about it. Um, When we talk about love, what's the definition of love? Webster defines definition of love as an intense feeling of deep affection. So that's saying that I feel intensely about another person, affectionately about another person. And of course, here I'm talking romantic love. I'm not talking uh, friendship love. We're talking about love for love and relationships of an intimate nature. Um, So an an intense feeling of deep affection uh, towards someone else. First Corinthians 13 uh, says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That's deep. That, that there is the best definition to me that I could find and that I would want to use because it is some specific pieces of love there. So let's start with the beginning. It says love is patient. So uh, when I think patience, and in, initially I think of that when you think about like, okay, I need to practice patience. In your relationship, you don't think in the beginning that patience is something that is equated with love, but in general it is. And it, it is because we're different. And so I'm going to be patient because there are going to be things that when we're different that either upset me or just trigger some type of emotion in me that could uh, cause arguments that just, it's just a difference. And so you're patient with each other's differences. Um, And if you love them, that makes sense. So when I thought about it like that, I was like, that that makes perfect sense. Love is kind. 
that is that should be self-explanatory. You would figure that you should understand that if someone loves you, that they want to be kind to you, that um, I am generally supposed to have a positive affinity towards you more so than a negative affinity. Uh, we do not see that sometimes and it confu get confused in a lot of domestic violence situations. And that's a whole topic for another day. But uh, anytime if someone is equating their love for you and you have more negative emotions with that person, more negative experiences than positive, that's not love. Um, love does not envy and it does not boast. And so if I, if I love you or if you, you love me, then we're not, we shouldn't be competing against each other. I should not be envious of what you're doing. I should want to uh, promote you up, uh, support you. Um, I'm not boastful, meaning this, I'm not uh, braggadocious. I'm not uh, trying to uh, put myself over you. Uh, I am, I'm in a place of humbleness with you. It does not dishonor others. Uh, so there, there we go. And when I think of that, I think about, you know, when you try to do things to shame someone or uh, you put people down. If you love them instantly, you would think that people should should understand that. But it does get kind of crossed up a lot and it's not uncommon to see that. And uh, and you would figure that um, you would think that someone should honor you. And when you think honor, you think respect. And so that there are th certain things you should not do to me if you respect me. Um, it should change your behavior when you love me and you want to honor me with that love. And so you should um, not want to hurt me in a manner uh, in that in a manner that is with uh, like it, say cheating or uh, being uh, dismissive to me or talking down to me. Uh, and I'm probably we can go on with that list, but uh, that's where I generally think when you go for dishonor, um, it is not self-seeking. So I'm in this relationship not just because. I want to feel your love. I want you to feel my love. It's like it's both. I want to feel that your love for me, but I also want you to feel my love. I want to give this to you. I want to be good for you, not just to take, 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 take. And if you're in a situation where people are take, 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 or if someone's trying to date you and it's all about what you could do for them, we're we're already not there. It is not easily angered. That is back with the patience. And um, if you're easily angered in a relationship. Or if you're in a situation where someone's trying to date you and they're easily angered, um, then that person, I would say, you need to tell them they need to get some help for that. And they're not ready to date anyone at that point in time. We're going to take a break there and I'll be back right after this. All right. And we're back. And so to keep it going, the next part says, love, it keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, man. Ladies, we're guilty of this. I know I am myself at times where we can say in a relationship, man, 23 years ago, six months, five days. I remember in the beginning, you made this mistake. And if uh, if something happens now is triggered by that, then we can bring it up from 23 years ago. Yeah, this is saying we don't want to do that. Um, we want to try to let go and move on and really let go and move on. Let's heal from it. Let's say, hey, I love him. I don't want to bring that back up anymore. Um and just and just move on. It is very hard to do that because sometimes you could do something that triggers it and you're reminded of it before. But we're saying stay in that present, stay in that moment. But you don't want to keep a record because when you do that, what you're saying is I keep a record of everything you have ever done to me. Um, and when you think about it that way, it's like, dude, so you got a card stacked against me. And at all times I'm fighting this card, you know, and, and that's a very hard place. If you think about it, it's like I can never do enough or I can never do um, enough to, because there's no erasing it. 
Like it, it happened. And because it happened, I'm like doomed because if I ever make a mistake similar to it ever again, you bring that up. And so um, when you think about it, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. So it's like, if you put that in channel that and make that home to say, okay, I'm not going to act like I keep a record. Even if your brain is just naturally doing it, just, just don't say it out loud. Just keep it to yourself, you know, and stay in the present, focus on the argument at hand and focus on what just happened. Um, next love does not delight in evil. So when you hear that, what does it mean when love does not delight in evil? Like you would think that's a, that's a self-explanatory statement. Um, so I, and I generally am, people say naively, but I truly believe that people go into relationships with the best intentions. And so that you're not, and people are just not evil in their relationships is that they're flawed people who make mistakes or people who are kind of broken and haven't, or don't know how to love themselves or, and they make mistakes in those relationships. And so when we say delight in you, we're talking about a person who is intentionally trying to hurt you. So is that this person is repetitively cheating on you. This person is repetitively hurting you physically or verbally, and their intentions are to hurt you, um, that they find pleasure in your pain. And there are those people, sadly to say, that there are people that they they want to be in a relationship with you just to manipulate you and get what they can get and hurt you as much as they can. And, and that is not love. And so if you're in that situation, that is not a love situation. Now, this does not say that, let's say you have someone who has a, a, a flaw and they're trying to they're trying to work on it, um, and they they keep failing. That doesn't mean that they don't love you. Um, I heard someone a long time ago say something that has stuck with me for a very long time, and I can't remember who it was right now. But they said that if a person loves you and you tell them how they hurt you, then they should try to change. That does not mean that it changes instantly, but the thing is that they try. And so because they love you and they don't want to hurt you in that manner, they're at least attempting to change this aspect of themselves or this aspect of their behavior that is harming you. If that person is not doing that, then they're, then they don't love you. Um, but, and sometimes this could be a whole nother topic because I can sit here and talk about how sometimes people can be trying and you can't see it. And then that becomes a dilemma in of itself. But so just because you can't see them trying, doesn't mean they're not, but, you should know and you're in a relationship. You should, you should know if that person is working to not hurt you in that manner again. Um, so they do not take delight in evil. So unhurting you and rejoices in the truth. So they're trying to be as honest as possible, even in the painful situations. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. So no matter what happens is like that love is the foundation that when it seems like things are dark in the world and we're fighting it and, and, and we can't move past it, but we can do this together. It's you and I, we have this. Um, and they trust that you're in that with them. They trust that you guys can battle things together and they hope with you. So it's not a doomy dark place. We, we have hope together, together. We know we can, we can, we can do some things. Um, and it always perseveres. So no matter what you're fighting, uh, as long as you two are doing it together, it works and you can overcome it eventually. Even if it takes 10 years, we're eventually coming past it. Baby steps are baby steps and it happens. And so when we come back, I'm going to talk about um, another uh, aspect of love that I think uh, is uh, pretty cool. And then right after that, we're going to have our co-host on Dr. Carolina Gruyon, and we will see you soon. All right, and we're back. Uh, so the next part of love we're going to discuss is 
from a quote I like to um, think about from time to time when people discuss love and we talk about it. It's from uh, this book called The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks. And in it, Noah wrote to Allie. Those are the two main people in the book. If you've seen the movie, you know, and I'm fr- you're familiar with what I'm talking about. But Noah wrote in there that the best love is the kind of love that awakens the soul, that makes us reach for more, that plants a fire in our hearts and brings peace to our minds. Um, and when you hear that to me, I, I love that quote because it it talks about just what I'm I'm talking about and what I believe in general, blessings, impact, and purpose. So if you're in that love that uh, you're supposed to be in, it does just that. Like it awakens your soul. So it, 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 you find like you get invigorated, you get ignited, excited, and it makes you want to reach for more. It's like, dude, I know my purpose and I want to make an impact. Like it fires it up what what you're already doing. It gives a new energy to it. It, it's, it, it. it pushes it there. And not just in that relationship, just in general, outside of that, for your just purpose in life. It said it plants a fire in our hearts and brings peace to our mind. And uh, you have this fire in your heart that is just, uh, it's a peaceful fire though. It's like, I know everything's going to work out because of this. Like this, there's a peace there. Um, I know it's all going to work out and I have the ability to take those chances and I have the ability to take, to take those steps and make those risks, uh, in life and go towards making that purpose that I'm supposed to do happen to make an impact and to make steps, to make that happen and to reach for the stars and to dream because I have this peace. I have this person here with me and that ignites that about me. And I want them to see me do it. I want them to be proud of me. I want, um, to make these things happen so that we make a a better place for like for us, for each other and and our children. And it's just energy. It's a fire. And so that, that initial part that says the best love is the kind that awakens the soul. To me, when you hear that, when you hear it awakens your soul, um, that's, that's a crucial piece to me. And so they always say you've had, you have three great loves in life and your first love is an innocent love that, you know, is pure and um, you don't really have that foundation of what you want because you don't know yourself. And, you know, it's just kind of like a superficial uh, foundation in that they're cute. You're cute. Uh, you're smart. I'm smart. We're fun. And that's pretty much it. You know, just there's there's nothing more to that, but it still is a love and you love that person. And then that second love is very passionate, um, but it is passionate and it is bad. So it's like, it's just as good as it is bad. And they say you feel so intensely in one way and you feel so intensely in a negative way too. And so that relationship is hard for you to get out of. And you often mistake it for your great love because you're like, ah, you know, it feels so strongly, but that person is not the one. And then you get to your third love and your third love, that's your true love. That's your soulmate. That's the person that God has put on this earth just for you. And by then you know yourself. And by then that second relationship allowed you to work out a lot of the things in yourself that you needed to, to be ready for that person that was actually the one for you. And so that third love is this kind of love. It's that, that kind that gives you a peace and a fire, but it's a fire that's not towards that person. So it's not like, Oh man, it's so good. And it's so bad. It's really just good. And that fire 
is is it burns into everything that God has brought you here to do that you're when you're good at it, you have a, more of a drive to do more of that to and do it on a grander scale to do it and, and impact more people or make impact uh, more change to make the world a better place. And that third love does that um, for not for just other people around you, but also for yourself, because then the things that you weren't motivated to change in yourself before you are now, because that person is like a mirror for you, for yourself. So it's not that they um, they tell you about yourself is that you see yourself. And so you, so let's give an example. You have an argument with this person and what happens is instead of them saying you were cruel in that conversation, you felt it or you see it because you see how it affects them. And so even if they try to act like, it's no big deal. You're you initially, you, you see it and you instantly want to change that about yourself because you now see who you are and that that's something you need to change because you don't like that part of yourself because you don't want to hurt that person. And they are a mirror for you. And so and you have that energy now and you have that peace and you have that fire. And so whereas before you were never motivated to change it, now you are. You're like, I, can't, I, I need to work this out of myself. I don't like that. I'm not going to be that person with this person anymore. Um, and that is great. All right. So we're going to take our last break and I'm going to come back with Dr. Carolina Gruyon. Like I said, she's a clinical psychologist. She sees patients of all ages. Uh, and she does some psychological testing. She uh, works at Prairie View in uh, Newton, Kansas. Uh, she's originally from the Dominican Republic, uh, hailing in Kansas uh, from by way of Miami. And uh, she's a great person. I think you guys are going to love her and love the information she has to bring. And so we will we'll be back with her. All right. Thank you, guys. Meet Fred. Fred once felt stuck in a rut, and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get up on your signed copy at healingactscoach.org. All right, so we have Dr. Carolina Grillon, and as I said before, she's a great friend of mine and a clinical psychologist. Uh, she practices at Prairie View Hospital in Newton, Kansas. And so, hello, Dr. Grillon. Hi, Dr. Kerser. How are you? I'm doing good. So today we're talking about love. And so uh, to just briefly give a, uh, what we've been talking about so far, we've been talking about just love in general and uh, what's the definition of love and basic principles of love. And so today I just kind of wanted to gather from you or for you to talk to people today about what do you feel like when is a foundational principle of love? I don't know. Uh, what's your perspective on love? Like, what do you think love is? Okay. It's a very interesting question. Doesn't have like one definite answer. Um, so the thing about like foundations of love um, and what I think about it, you know, three things that automatically come to mind um, to me um, is, you know, self-love, realistic expectations and really knowing what's important to you. I think those are three things that are very important in kind of setting the tone and setting the foundation 
of, you know, when you're looking for love and, and things that um, you think are important in a relationship. I like that you said realistic expectations. Well, self-love, I, I really like that piece just because I even wrote a book on loving yourself. And so uh, I initially want to say, I think that is key, but I'm going to move on to the part about realistic expectations because I think that that's a place that people can miss it. And I'd love for them to hear what you mean when you say realistic expectations. When you say that, what does that mean? Okay. So um, the one thing that comes to mind is, is a question that I've heard before of, you know, if you truly love someone or you ever love someone and you feel like you're in that place, um, if that person stays the same way they are, um, would you be okay and satisfied in that relationship? Um, and what I come to find out and see a lot, um, you know, in patients and clients that I see is um, they really don't have that realistic expectation. A lot of times is I could change that person to become a better person. Um, you know, we just started dating, really don't like this area, but I know in six months it's going to be better. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there are certain things that I want in my life and, um, you know, they'll eventually get there after some time. Um, so that's where that realistic expectation comes into place. Um, because a lot of the times we go into a relationship knowing what we want or possibly not knowing what we want. Um, but even when we know what we want and we don't see that in that person, then we're like, it's okay. It'll eventually happen. Um, so we're not being real with ourselves. We're not basically saying, you know, this is not what I'm looking for. This is not what I want. Um, we just kind of wing it and kind of fall into that honeymoon stage. And then, you know, slowly you start growing into that comfort level and you kind of just kind of lose yourself sometimes in those relationships um, where sometimes it might be a little bit too late and you're like, what do I do now? Um, instead of from the beginning realizing, hey, you know, maybe this wasn't the best fit for me or it's not realistically what I wanted, even though what I see a lot of times is people just want to be in relationships so bad that a uh, perfect example that I always use is kind of you're the triangle trying to fit yourself into that square peg where you just like keep pushing and jamming and jamming and you're like, eventually it will fit. Um, and a triangle is not going to fit into a square peg. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like what comes to mind to me a lot of times when I think of realistic expectations and, and what I see, you know, in everyday practice. So, so what I hear you saying is people date people by what they think they can become and not what they are at the moment. Is that what you're saying? Yes, correct. So, and that makes perfect sense to me because that is what we kind of see is that it's like, oh, you know, I know this, I know this guy can be a doctor, but right now he's a janitor. So it's like, even though you say he's smart enough to be a doctor, if he's happy being a janitor, you can't say you're going to talk him into being a doctor. That's what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You have to kind of meet them where they're at at the moment and, you know, say, am I really happy at this place? Or do I need to look for something a little bit different that fits more of my needs and what I'm really looking for? So that means if I date this guy and he's a janitor, even though I know he's a he's a rocket scientist and he could be a doctor, if he's happy being a janitor, then I should say, hey, you know what? Like, am I going to be happy being with a guy who's a janitor and not and not that I'm saying anything's wrong being a janitor. I'm saying if you're that person who's trying to change and to be a doctor, realistically, what you need to say to yourself for realistic expectations is he's a he's a janitor and I'm going into his relationship with him as a janitor. And right now, he's not even saying he wants to be a doctor. So although I think he can be, I need to say, I should be able to be happy with him as a janitor for as long as it could possibly last if he doesn't become a doctor. Correct. And then within yeah. your relationship, 
if if like it comes at the time where you guys are talking about the the thing of hey he has more aspirations and more motivation and he does want to you know become that doctor um yeah you guys could you know build that foundation together but if from the beginning he's saying i want to be a janitor i'm happy here i don't see anything else and that's where i want to be at um it's it's going to sometimes be really hard to to change that perspective and change that place for that person because they don't see anything wrong with that they're happy where they're at that's true that's true i love that so now i'm going to go to the next thing you said you said self love and now you know i had to come back there because i'm all about the path to loving yourself and figuring out how to love yourself but i want to hear your perspective on it so what do you think people can do to either to increase their self love or even just become aware that they're not loving themselves when they're in a relationship. How do I know? How do you feel like, you know, they know? Because my experience is that most people are sometimes unaware that they don't even love themselves. So it's like, if I'm in a relationship, how do I know that I'm not loving myself in this relationship? Yeah. So what I see a lot of the times is, you know, there's people who are constantly be told they're beautiful and just internally, they don't feel it. You know, and they, they don't communicate it. They just kind of go with the flow uh, with it. Um, and they're not really happy with themselves. They're not happy with who they are, where they're at. Um, they're trying to find themselves, you know. So in relationships, it's important um, to really spend that time um, for yourself. Um, you know, that me time is very important. Uh, making sure that you are doing the things that you are enjoying, not always getting lost in the relationship of I'm always going to do what the other person wants. There has to be a balance. You know, we could do things I enjoy, things that you enjoy, but there does have to be a balance. Um, and also just um, really doing, um, like I said, the, the things that you um, enjoy. Um, the big part of, of loving yourself is uh, making sure that you don't lose yourself in that relationship which can happen a lot of times um to people okay so what i'm hearing you say is first i need to make sure the messages i want to hear from this person i truly believe regardless of whether they say it or not so it's like if you i want to believe i'm beautiful to myself and not depend on my partner to say i'm beautiful is that correct yes yes okay and then the next one you said was that i need to make sure i'm prioritizing things that are important to me not just what's important to my partner so that I'm saying, okay, if I like golf and you hate golf, I'm like, hey, man, let's try golf or maybe put, put something different so that I'm also getting my needs met, met in the relationship. So I'm also feeling that, you know, my stuff matters and that my, the things that make me feel loved and the things that make me feel special are, are in the relationship as well. Yes, correct. Because it's okay. so easy to lose yourself um, if you don't say, you know, what's important to you and prioritize that sometimes, not always, but, you know, sometimes. Yes, and I think people may think that they aren't losing themselves when they do that. When they say, "Okay, well, I like football," because he likes football, but it's like if you uh, if you guys are only doing football and you used to like basketball, you guys never talk about basketball, and you are now not authentic to yourself, or you like you said, losing yourself, and and that is a big piece of loving yourself. Yes, it, it truly is. And then the final point you said, what was that you said again? The last one, it was. Um, in terms of uh, loving yourself? Yeah, well, it was loving yourself. It was also... also knowing what's important to you. Yes, knowing what's important to you. So when you say that people should know what's important to them in a relationship um, as a foundational part of love, what do you mean when you say that? 
So the easiest way I could describe it, and sometimes what I have my patients and clients do is just a checklist um, of going down the list of the things that you really appreciate or really want in a person, in a relationship, and knowing that these are the areas that are not areas that I necessarily want to budget. Um, for example, you know, if a, if a person really, really wants to have kids, um, and then you meet somebody who says, I will never have kids, you know, so you have to kind of find those areas that you're like, these are not areas that I'm willing to budget because it's truly important to me. Um, and that kind of falls into those realistic expectations, you know, of, not trying to lose yourself in those relationships. If you know it's like extremely important for you to have kids and you're trying to date somebody who says, there's no way, no how, I have made my mind as far as I can remember that this is not something I want to do, um, that's gonna be a struggle in your relationship. Um, so that's why with my patients and clients, I always say, hey, let's just kind of make a checklist because there's things in relationships that we could say, hey, it's not 100%. I could go 50-50 either way. But we each have those certain areas that we're like, this is not an area I'm not willing to kind of budge in because that's how important it is to me, you know, whether it's like your morals or values or other areas in your life that are really important. Okay. Um, so I'm going to take some questions because I'm going to look on here. I have some people that are saying that they have some questions for you. And so one is, um, how do you know when you love someone? So they want you to answer that question. So how do you know, Dr. Grillon, when you love someone? Hmm. Very good question. Um, very tricky question. Um, because for every person, I would say it's kind of different. You know, talking about myself, I would just say it's it's kind of a feeling mixed in with your hopes and dreams and also um, your faith, you know, if you're a faithful person attached to it of, you know, what you are hoping to look for. Um, I know when I met my person, it just kind of, it, it just felt right. You know, there, there's no other way of me like explaining it. Um, in that moment, um, even being through past relationships, um, it, it was just a feeling like, hey, this is okay. And there's nothing really wrong with it, but it really didn't fit right with me, vibe right with me. Um, I know when I found the person that I love, I was just like, I am really happy. And even through the tough times and the rough times, it was still the person that I wanted to be with. I wasn't in that instant when things got rough saying, I just want to run out the door. Um, it was a very calming feeling is the best way that I could describe it as for myself. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to just give one more question because some of these are pretty intense questions. But <laughs> do you think that once you love someone, you will always love that person? Huh. Um, you know, I am very strong in my faith and I, me personally, myself, um, found the person that I love. I think that, yes, that's going to be the person for me for the rest of my life. Um, but have I been in a situation where I thought, um, I love somebody and I was with them for a very long time? Yes, I was in that situation. Um, and eventually I just realized that that was not the person for me, um, so in those situations, I could say that if it's true love, real love, that um, a lot of times it's, it's just something that you do want it to last forever and that it should be something long term. But are there situations where just something doesn't work out, something is not right? Yes, definitely. A lot, a lot of people go through that um, where they truly feel like they do love somebody and they're in that relationship. And for one reason or another, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> 
And I know I said that was the last question, but someone just uh, emailed me a question that I, I feel like I really want you to speak on just because I talked about it a little bit earlier. So I think it'd be good for this person to get your perspective. Uh, so he says, how can I remain faithful if I love my partner? I love her, but it's very hard for me to remain faithful. How do you answer that question? Um, I think that from the sounds of it, you may have a lot of love for her, but you're probably not in love with her. Um, and that is a difference a lot of time that we run into. We could have a lot of love for somebody. We could care for them. Um, we could say, hey, we want to be supportive of this person. But I think that if you are in love with somebody and you truly feel like that's the person for you, you don't feel that need to want to be with somebody else because you are happy and you're satisfied in that relationship. So at those moments, you don't say, hey, I kind of want to talk to this other person or I want to look at that person because you're getting your needs met in that relationship. Um, so I would say maybe have to reevaluate and reassess that relationship and see if it's the right fit and the right one for you. Oh, I love that answer because when I when I initially read that in the email, that's what I thought. It's like, okay, maybe this person is not meeting a need, and that's why you're where you're not being faithful if you really do love them. Um, because when you read it, it sounds like he's he's like, okay, I'm trying, but I can't do it. Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe there's something there that you're not being realistic, as you said before about your about with yourself that that this person isn't meeting for you, um, and that's why. So going back to the drawing board might be good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Grouillon. I hope this was very informative for you guys and you liked it. Please send comments um, and questions if you have. If you want to have Dr. Grouillon back, uh, email me, send at healingx.k on Facebook. Let me know. Subscribe to the podcast. Dr. Grouillon will also have a copy of this on her uh, podcast station as well at Anchor. And so uh, thank you guys. And that is it for today. Thank you, Dr. Grouillon. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, everybody.